Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Are you doing good? Y'all braved the cold to come in here. It was a little chilly in here this morning. We turned the heat up, and I'm about to sweat here in just a few minutes, but uh, it's amen. Somebody said that too. It's awesome. But uh, this morning, I just want to say we're glad to have you here this morning. And also, um, we want to welcome those who may be watching by YouTube. You know, uh, we're not doing live anymore. Um, and now we, we see our services sometimes uh, on a Monday, but we're doing the services like that. But we want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube. We want to say hi to you out there, our channel. Turn on your notifications and, and watch every message every week. You know, we'd also like to invite someone in person service here every Sunday, like you all, right? Everybody make a loud noise. Every Sunday morning at 1030, we, we meet live here and Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit, and we, uh, uh, this week, I'm going to kind of finish it up this morning, but last week, we talked about who the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and we talked about him being a person. He's actually a real live person. He has personal attributes, and also, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can be grieved, and he can also be upset. So, when we talk about it, we're going to talk, we also talked about who the Holy Spirit is not. Holy Spirit is not a feeling. Remember I told you we can't live on our feelings. We can't come in and try to dictate everything on our feelings because if you do, you're going to be disappointed most of the time in your life if you live by your feelings. He's not an event. He's not saying, oh, the Holy Spirit really showed up today. He's here. If you're here and you've been saved and, and filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is right now. He's in this room right now. We don't have to invite him in. He's here. He's not confusing. He's not chaos. He's not forceful. And I did, and I meant to say this last week, because of some things that I that I saw uh, in, in my life, it caused me to build up some walls. It caused me to to not trust who the Holy Spirit was because I saw some fake. I saw some chaos. I saw some things that that were really not weird. As she was helping me out, weird out there. But the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not confusing, and he's not forceful. Let's look at the book of Acts. How many want to look at y'all? Anybody start thinking about the book of Acts, right? What's the first thing you start thinking about? Woo, right? You know, the church was birthed and the Holy Spirit fell and, and everything. But, you know, it was the birth of the church. And it introduced, most of the time, if you start talking about the Holy Spirit, the first book of the Bible that they'll start bringing up is the book of Acts. And it introduced the person of the Holy Spirit to everyone who was involved in that. Today, I'm going to ask you the question. What is the function of the Holy Spirit in our lives? The title of my message today is Holy Spirit 2.0. I asked if that was a good title to a few people because I wasn't 100% sure, but Holy Spirit 2.0. Here's Jesus. Listen, I'm going to take you on a journey. We're going to be a little bit this morning. Is that okay? Okay, okay. Uh, you know, I've got five points, and if I'm 30 minutes per point, we will get out of here about time that everybody's not having lunch anymore. So we're good. I'll, we'll beat the rush. But, no, we'll be after the rush. But Jesus is speaking to his disciples here, and, and you know, he's telling them, he's telling them, I'm about to leave. And you know, if he was speaking to them this question, they'd been with him for three years, and, and, and they were probably sad. They were probably scared. They were probably unsure of what the uh, you know, future was going to bring. But John 16, 7 says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. 
But if I depart, I will send him to you. The word Jesus came to earth as flesh. And the Bible says he dwelt among us. The Bible says he was tempted, but yet without sin. He had his own will, because if you think about the garden, he didn't really want to do that. He went back three times and said, oh, you know, God, if this is your will, it let it be done. So he had all of those human attributes there, but it said he did, but it said he sinned not. Why? Why did Jesus have to come in the flesh? So that he could relate to us and we could relate to him. Because he was God in the flesh. Jesus knew physically that he could not reach everyone in the known world. He knew that because he was human, he was not going to be able to physically reach people. So he says, I'm about to send you. He knew the future. He says, I'm about to send you the power that you need to reach the entire world. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And what happened in the book of Acts, we see that the church was born. Jesus said this. He said in Acts 1, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come over you. In Luke 24, 49, he says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, that's the King James Version, but that means stay in the, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. You know what? That word, wait. Arlo likes to say, well, pop, Poppy, wait. Wait, Poppy, just wait. The other day, she, uh, she loves guacamole. She loves salsa. She ate it for a solid hour the other night when we took her out. But that kid. But you know what? That's a hard one for each one of us is to wait. Some of y'all, listen, some of y'all don't even want to wait. A, you want to wait 30 seconds for your minute rice. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, when your phone does not come on and the Apple logo doesn't come on exactly the time you press the phone, what do you do? You press and you press and you press, right? Am I the only one, or is my wife the only one that does that? <laughs> I do it too, but we don't want to wait on anything. How many of us have a hard time sitting at a red light? Hmm. How many of you have bad thoughts when you're sitting at a red light? Listen, what I, I usually say that when it's yellow, that means go faster, right? Come on. I got some people that know what I'm talking about. But, you know, we have a hard time waiting for that right person to come into our lives, though, too. You know, maybe you're wait, we're waiting for your dreams and your callings to come to fruition. And so what do you do when it doesn't happen when you want it to do? You take it in your own hands, right? You take it in your own hands. How's that worked out for you most of the time? We wonder why we struggle in our relationships and why sometimes our dreams are unfulfilled and sometimes our callings are abandoned because you tried to do it yourself and you didn't have the capacity to do it or you did it wrong. Come on, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Richard this morning because that is basically things that I've done in my own life. Tried to figure it out. And found out at the end of the figure, and I didn't figure too good. God tells you to wait for your own good. Listen, the process of waiting often does this. It helps us be more patient. Who needs to be patient? Come on, all y'all get your hands up. Everybody needs to be more patient. It helps you to take away your own desires, the things that you want. It also helps us to lean on him more than uh, instead of us. 
He, God wants you to have his desires, not your own desires. He doesn't, you know, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything that he has, and he'll make everything else come to fruition for you. But a lot of times what we try to do is we try to take it in our own hands. We try to figure it all out. And God's just sitting back there scratching his bald head because he's bald. Anyway, he's scratching his head going, man, I just wish they would just listen. Okay, go. Have fun. He said, I'm going to make you wait just a little bit longer. Those of you who don't have any patience and you're waiting, God sees that and he's going to make you wait a little longer. So what is the function of the Holy Spirit in our life? Number one. Holy Spirit creates unity. Jesus tells his disciples to go back, to stay in Jerusalem, and wait for the promise of, for, of the power. They were really excited to go, but maybe they were scratching their heads a little bit and a little nervous going, wait a minute, hold on, Jesus, let me get this straight. Jerusalem is just where they killed you. Jerusalem, we just ran from that place for our lives because they were looking to kill us. And you want us to go back to that same place? Sometimes, let me tell you something. God will ask you to do some things that really don't make sense. He'll ask you to do some things to pull you out of your comfort zone because he knows that you can't grow in your comfort zone. Hello, Richard. Sometimes I need to be pulled out of my comfort zone. Thank you for a wife that's always pulling me out of my comfort zone. Sometimes you just got to be out of that zone. You know why? Because that's where faith is born. The 11, by faith, went back to Jerusalem. They assembled in a large upper room. And before too long, it grew to 120 people. They were unified. They were expecting. Um, and he told them to stay. So that means they had to wait. They had a word from God, and they had a word to stand on. Here we are, Jesus. We're not going anywhere. You know, Peter was probably the first one going, I ran so many other times. I ain't going anywhere now. Nope. No, I'm staying right here. I denied you three times. I, I did all of the things. I am not going anywhere until you tell me to move. He said, we're not going anywhere. Sometimes you just got to stand on his promises and his word. I'm taking this story. We got this right before service, but I'm going to, Tia and Eric have allowed me to uh, share this story with you, but you know, for I'm going to read it straight up here. I'm not even going to butcher it. Here we go. We wanted another baby, and we started trying about 18 months ago. We had we had went through a lot with Elliot's delivery, and we started to think that maybe it wasn't part of God's plan to have another baby. We decided to seek advice from fertility doctors as a last resort, and every month. God gave us some kind of sign to keep pushing forward. One month was an, exception, was an unexpected check that was in the exact amount of the treatment, listen, for that cycle. One month was just overwhelming peace. In October, we finally got the news. Listen, it's God's plans for us to have, and we're four months pregnant. It says, Eric always says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. That is so good. Here's the encouraging thing for you, too. Abraham was 100 when he had his baby. 
Can you imagine the waiting period? Thank you guys for waiting on God and trusting in him. And I know I've had conversations with you, Eric, that, that, that you just knew God was going to do it. You didn't know how, but you knew he was going to do it. But don't you imagine Abraham probably was sitting back going, okay, God, I mean, I'm, my wife is 80. I'm 100. You promised me a son. That is waiting on God. So let's look at what we're doing here all together. So they were all together in one place, unified. Look at Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all, say all, with one accord in one place. Acts 1.14. Then it says, they, say all, met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, shout out for the women in the room, and the brothers of Jesus. You know what unity does? Unity helps us speak the same language. Let's look at Acts 2.3. Then, what looked like flames, this is when the Holy Spirit had, had fallen on the room. It says, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoke by the believers. They were completely amazed, says, how can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee. They're a bunch of hillbillies, you know. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in their own native tongue. The 120 in that room spoke in languages they had never heard before. Why? Why? Because there needed to be unification, there needed to be unity in the language. Everyone had to be hearing the same thing or it wasn't going to accomplish what it was supposed to accomplish. God did not choose the best up there. He chose the willing. He chose the ones that would go up in that room and wait on him and not Try to pick apart every little part of the plan. God is looking for a place where he can break down some barriers. He wanted to break down that barrier of language because he knew that if he could do that, they could hear the same thing. So let's just, let's just pause. Richard, take a chill pill for a minute. Sometimes I got to do that. What are the barriers in your life? Could it be some childhood experiences that you had? Could it be some bad relationships that you've been involved in? Could it be some bad choices that you made? They cause us to believe. Each one of these barriers cause us to believe the lies of the enemy. And come on, everyone's heard these before. You're not good enough. You'll never measure up to what, you'll just never be good enough. You'll always be this way. You're never going to change. You'll always be this way. You're a failure. And God can't really love you, can he? Has anybody ever heard those lies of the enemy? I've heard most all of them. But we got to break down those barriers first in our own lives. What do we do? We got to work on getting healing and getting growing, growing in our own lives. We can't help our families. We can't help anybody outside of this church until we actually grow ourselves. And, we, and, and, and there's a lot of introspection has been going on even in my own life in the last few months. You know, I can't lead unless I'm a good leader. So I'm working on my leadership. 
Is it harder than I thought? Absolutely, it's harder than I thought, but I'm working on it. You know what? We have to do it in our families. We got to repair our marriages. We got to rebuild our relationships. And we got to break, I'm going to say it in church. All right, y'all get ready. We got to break generational curses. Some of y'all are up there looking at me like, what is he talking about? There are things that have been passed down from generation to generation that you are still dealing with. You may not even know it, but it's part of you. You have to break that generational curse. You know, sometimes we just got, oh my gosh. We don't really understand that what happened a generation ago or two generations ago can still be rearing its ugly head on you. And you wonder why you're going through the things that you're going through and you may not understand it. I'm telling you right right now, get with someone who will pray and break some generational curses off of you. We got to break down the barrier. Oh, this is one here. Y'all, you may not clap on this one. You got to break down the barrier in our churches. We got to remove the barrier of religion. We got to remove the barrier of non acceptance. The Bible says, listen to me, love covers a multitude of sins. But a lot of times the church has judgment that covers a multitude of something, it has hatred, it has uh, bigotry, it has jealousy that covers instead of love. You know what? We can't be talking bad about each other. Some of the worst things that you've heard about yourself came from another Christian. That is a word. A lot of times we speak so negatively about each other, and then we want to know. No, no, let me get ahead of the time. We want to point out the speck Ooh, in somebody else's eye. Trey, look at look what you're doing. I can't believe Trey did that. I, oh, oh, my gosh. But yet I got a log stuck out way out the back of my head or out wherever it is. We want to point it out to the other Christians, but here's what we want to do, too. Here's the damaging one. We want to point it out to the world. Why are we, why are we surprised when the world acts like the world? Why are we surprised? We say we don't want those kind of people in our church. I can guarantee you one thing. We want everybody that wants to walk through these doors. I don't care where you've been, what background you've been. We want you in this place because there's healing and his power in this place. We wonder why we're not being effective. God wants to break down the barriers in the the church because he wants us all speaking the same language. Look at Acts 2.11. It says, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Once we start, oh, I need a drink. Once we start speaking the same language, let me tell you what's going to happen. The real church is going to be birthed. So listen, that's only point one. You all, (laughs) might as well turn the clock off. Unity, patience, standing, trust, all produce number two. Supernatural power. Let's look at Peter. Peter, a lot like me, was the poster child for most of us, right? He had a big mouth. Are you saying that towards me or Peter? He had a big mouth. He was impulsive. 
And when things got rough, what did he do? He ran away. He not only ran away, he denied Jesus three times. And he hid. He had failed. And maybe he was still feeling not really sure of himself. Even though Jesus forgave him, told him three times, you know, I've forgiven you, Peter. There still had to be that doubt in his mind. There's still, even though Jesus has forgiven you, there's still doubts in your mind sometimes that creep up. And you know, Peter was still dealing with that. But he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed everything. Listen, look at Acts 2.14. It says, but Peter... Standing up with the eleven, he had a different boldness now. Raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and take heed. The Holy Spirit empowered him and equipped him with power and boldness. The Bible says later on, they turned the world. He said, here comes the people that are turning the world upside down. Peter struggled in his own power, but when his natural, listen to this, met God's super, something changed. You can't do it in your own self. In our own power, we struggle. We've tried it ourselves. We've failed. We've worked on it, and it seems like we're spinning our wheels and even failing more. But I'm going to let you know something. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you we walk around so powerless you got to understand the power of god rests in you you walk around with that thing every that thing it ain't a thing you walk around with him everywhere that you go so you need to know that when you're walking you're not going by yourself you're going in his power he is able to help us by his power to do this listen to this now forgive ourselves Peter had to forgive himself. He had to let go of the guilt, and he had to let go of the shame. He had to let go of all the, uh, the accusations the enemy was probably bringing to him. The Holy Spirit can help us. He can heal us, and he allows us to move forward into everything that God has for us. But we have to forgive ourselves. He also can help us to be a witness. We've become so introspective in the church world right now, so in-focused. Too used to our whole, Ashley came up with this one, our holy huddle that we get into every single Sunday. Come on, you got those one little people, you, your peeps that you hang out with, you love those, that's your holy huddle. We're too used to our church community, and there's nothing wrong with our church community. Sunday is awesome, but there is a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. Get signed up for small groups, and a Friday and a Saturday. That was a subliminal message there. Get signed up for small groups. But not only that, there is a Monday through Saturday that you need to be in Kroger. There's a Monday through Saturday that you need to be out with people. Jesus hung out with the bad folk. So many times we think, man, we can't hang out with them. Man, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, I could go down the line and see who we hung out with. But so many times we want to get in our little group and say, well, we're better than that. Let me tell you, that's not what the church that Jesus died for. We're not here for church on earth. The Holy Spirit also empowered us to be a witness instead to go and make disciples. So it's our mission. Jesus said it's our mission. Can I ask you, when's the last time you invited someone to church? When's the last time you, you shared your testimony with someone? And let me tell you about your testimony. It needs to be five minutes or less. 
or less, probably less. Let me tell you why. God's given you a testimony. He's given you the power to speak that testimony out. But let me tell you something. If you try to give your testimony in 30 minutes, you've done lost half of the people you're talking to, right? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You need to get it condensed down. You need to be able to tell somebody in, in less than five minutes what Jesus has done for you. Not everything the devil has done, but what Jesus has done for you in your life. You might say, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. Not in your own power. The Bible says, don't worry about what you'll say. Luke, Luke says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Maybe you've been praying about talking to someone about something they need to hear about. Maybe you just need to pray about it and say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me to say into this situation? What would you have me to do? And I'm telling you, if you do that, you'll start seeing God move in your conversations. Number three. Holy Spirit is our guide and our helper. He's everywhere and ever present. Let's listen to Psalms. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, which a lot of us have, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. We live in a world of surveillance cameras, right? Everywhere you go, you're being watched. You're in the parking lot of the bank, they're watching you get out of your car, they're watching you walk into the bank, you walk up to the teller, you're being watched. You go into the grocery store, you're being watched. You go into schools, you're being watched. You go everywhere, at home, you're being watched. You're even being watched at traffic lights. Can I tell you how I know that? Because I buzzed through about three of them in Florida and had to pay hundred some dollars worth of tickets a month later. I thought, man, I'm doing this yellow, red. And there it was, it showed me exactly. I, my car was right in the middle and it was red. So you're being watched at traffic lights. And you gotta understand we're being watched all the time. Sometimes that's in the fact of the world is watching us and they are watching every move that we make and sometimes they're waiting for us to fall or fail or they're waiting for us to make that mistake or they're watching for us to do good also. They're watching for us to take make and do the right choices. But I'm gonna tell you something. I gotta know that in the context of this as it says, but in this song we learned that God's spirit is watching us everywhere. You gotta know he's watching us everywhere we go. He's present to our thoughts. He's present to our actions. He's present to our emotions. God knows what you're feeling. He's feeling it with you. You gotta know that when you feel like you're in your bedroom and nobody knows what you're going through, when you feel like you're in your car and, and you think that the world is crashing in on you, you gotta know that God is with you. He is ever present. He's always there. We disobey. Listen to me. We disobey and we try to rebel, and, but he continues to love, and he also continues to what? Correct us. Ooh, that's the one we don't like. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, but they also correct you too. Ooh, I got to stop there. We try to run. He runs right alongside of us. Sometimes he's running ahead of us to help us. You don't know what God's kept you from. 
He's run ahead of you a lot of times, and he's, he's protected you from the things that, that, that you should have done, you should have been into, but he said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move that thing out. I'm, I'm going to move that obstacle out of your way. We try to hide, and guess what he does? He's waiting in the hiding spot. You ever try to hide from, oh, um, I tried to hide from God for a few years. Every time I turned around, he was in my hiding spot. I was like, God, you ain't supposed to be in this bar. He ain't afraid to go in no bar. He ain't afraid to go into places that they say, oh, come on, help me, Lord. He ain't afraid to go into those places. What I love about the Holy Spirit, he's always in pursuit of us, and he's always trying to search us out. He ain't trying. He's searching us out. He wants to lead us, and he wants to guide us into the right direction. But we say this, I got it all figured out. Come on. I got my own path. I'm going to go, I'm going to try to figure it out my own self. We try to navigate our own life. And you know what the Bible says? It says this in Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in what? Death. It ends off course. It ends lost and even destroyed sometimes. We must allow the Holy Spirit to determine our destination. You can't just hope to get somewhere. Come on, we live our lives. I just hope this happens and I just pray. That. No, sometimes you got to take course and you got to have the Holy Spirit be your lead and guide. GPS, how many use GPS in here? It tells you how long it's going to take to get there. It tells you the best route. But I'm going to tell you, there's another app called Waze. Anybody use Waze in here? Waze is good. Waze is good. W-A, I don't know how to spell it. It's good. Z-E. I thought it was W-A-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-S. Okay. Waze. It not only tells you, thank you for introducing this to me a few years ago, honey. It not only tells you where you're going, how long it's going to take you to get there, but it says, vehicle on road ahead. Construction ahead. And, and, and you know what else it shows? If there's traffic, it shows you how long you're going to be in the traffic, which is awesome, and a different route if you need to take that route. But you, know, you know what? Also, it tells you and gives you a warning. Police ahead. Except, obviously, Eric didn't tell me that the other day when he got me for my speeding ticket. But let me just tell you, who's ready for something practical? Y'all like some practical steps in here? Something you can take out of here with you? Practically, listen, you got to get up each day, and you got to ask the Holy Spirit which direction you need to go. You get up every morning, and you have a plan for the day, don't you? I'm trying to write my plan down, so I have it written in a book, but that's been a little bit hard for me. But you get up, and you have a plan. Why wouldn't you let that plan start with the Holy Spirit? So many times, if we navigated with the Holy Spirit every single morning, we probably wouldn't go a few directions that we think we need to go during the day. So I'm going to ask you practically, get up each day and say, okay. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you to lead. I need you to guide me today. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know what I'm going to end up saying. Oh, that's the one I need right there. I don't know where I'm going to be going today, really, but I'm asking you to lead guide and direct me practically during the day you may have to what reroute 
You know, if you get off course on GPS or Waze, it says rerouting to make a U-turn. There may be a few times when you got to make a U-turn or you might have to reroute. Why? Because of circumstances, because of situations, because of people, because of just everything. When you want to have road rage, reroute. I feel sorry for you road ragers, that's all. But you know, he doesn't just want to work in the morning. I just want you to know that he's there all the time. Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go, every minute or every second of the day. He's here to help. Look at John 14, 26. But the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring it to your remembrance. All that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit enables people to understand the gospel and it makes it more effective in their lives. How many of you are reading the Bible plan right now with us? Okay, we've got five or six, that's good. There's some of us in here that are reading the Bible for a year. How many of you have had some hard times navigating through the Bible so far? I've read it through two or three times, but there's still sometimes like, I don't really begat and begot and begook and, you know, I don't really understand all that stuff. But let me tell you what you need to do before you start reading. Okay, we shouldn't have that. Before you start reading, you need to pray. You need to say, Holy Spirit, I'm about to read two chapters. I may not understand all of it, but can you help me to understand this? The Bible says he's the helper, and he says to bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. That is the word of God. So don't feel bad if you're reading the Bible right now. I'm I'm, I'm telling you this right now to kind of take you off the hook. If you don't understand everything in the Bible, there's things I still don't understand. I have to ask God to, to lead and guide and direct me, but he's our helper and our guide. Number four, the Holy Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Listen, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Convict. What is the first thing we think of and convict? Guilty. Right? When you start talking about conviction, you think of guilty or prosecution. You know what? In ourselves, we're naturally rebels because of a choice that was made long ago. And everyone has a conscience. You have that little small voice that's inside of you. You think it's something, you think it's your conscience, but it's actually the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing you throughout the day. It's telling you what to do, what not to do. And you have that little voice, but conviction makes us aware of the wrong choices we're about to make. It makes us aware of the sin and prompts us for repentance. I just gave somebody a bad sign out the window. I'm sorry, Lord. Y'all ever have to, re- have to repair, uh, repent for that one? You have to repent for something that you said you didn't really mean to say, but you said it anyway. Oh, Jesus, help me. So many times, repentance comes through conviction. But sometimes we decide not to listen to the Holy Spirit, and we become very dull and insensitive. 
John 6, says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up in the last day. I believe this with all of my heart. There is a time in everyone's life that they are drawn by God. You know why? Because we're made in the image of God. And because we're made in his image, he loves us that greatly and he chooses to draw us many, multiple times in our lives. He can, get, he can get your attention. He can speak to you. He can draw you. Listen, you don't have to be saved in a church because you're probably not going to die in a funeral home. I stole that one. That was good. There's people that, are, that can get saved on the streets out there. There's people that can get saved all over the, the, the country. They can get saved at the kitchen table or in the living room right now. Is church a, a, an add-on? Absolutely. But you don't have to have everybody in church to experience salvation. Is conviction a good thing in your life? Yes. It keeps you on the right path. It makes you aware that you're getting off the path or you're, something is, is going wrong in your life. It keeps you Connected because sin separates us from God. If you're not convicted, something is wrong. However, condemnation is not from God. Romans 8, 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Condemnation does this. It pushes you away from God. It breaks you down. It makes you feel guilty and shameful all of the time. Listen, you don't have to listen to the you don't have to listen to the accusations of the accuser anymore because Jesus paid the price. When he said it is finished, he stood in the courtroom up there and he said they are not guilty anymore. So I'm going to tell you shut your ears off to what the enemy has to say. Number 5, we're almost done. The Holy Spirit transforms. Salvation, listen to me, comes from knowing Jesus as your savior. Accepting him, believing in him, repenting. And that's where transformation starts. And some of you have to know that you are being transformed daily by the power of the Holy Ghost. Daily. Let me read this to you. Remember, it's a process. But transform means to change in character or condition. All right, I got a buzzword for you. Everybody ready to hear this? Sanctification. Y'all ever heard of that one? Some people are going, yes, and other people are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Sanctification says this. What is it? It refers to a state or process of being set apart and being made holy. We can't do it in ourselves, but because of his holiness, we can be holy. God makes us holy because he is holy. We cannot stop our Christian walk from the time we say the sinner's prayer. That's when it starts. That's when it starts right there. When you accept Jesus into your life, the process of sanctification starts. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says this, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Among those who are what? Being, say that, being saved. You're in the process of being saved. And among those who are perishing, one of the Holy Spirit's function is to cultivate our Christian character. And that could take some time. That doesn't usually happen overnight. But the Holy Spirit walks with us and leads us and guides us day by day. It's a process we start. 
And when we do, we start seeing our mental change. We start seeing our emotions change. We start seeing our spiritual change. And also, our physical starts changing too. But listen what it does. It involves our cooperation. The Bible says you got to walk by the Spirit. It also says you got to live by the Spirit. It also says you got to keep in step with the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit involves the pace of the walk. If the Holy Spirit's going fast, you need to go fast with Him. If He's saying slow down, maybe you just need to take a chill pill. And you need to go with Him. It's the pace of the walk. You, don't, you probably heard someone say, I got ahead of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's because you weren't listening and you got impatient and got out of step. Right or wrong? Anybody guilty of that one? The whole room. While walking, we can learn some valuable lessons about waiting and listening. But it takes deliberate action on our part. The Holy Spirit works with us to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to know God better. He works with us every day to strengthen us and to fill us with the power to live a victorious life. Let's all stand if you would with me, please. This morning, I'm going to ask you, as I did last week, to open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit to what God wants to say. The spirit is talking and moving among us all, but you have to be obedient to what he's saying. Maybe you're here today and you've never really given your heart over to Jesus. And you want to experience that gift of salvation. He's here today. The Bible says he's standing at the door and he knocks. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. He's just waiting for you to open that door and let him in. If that's you, salvation comes by this. Confessing, I'm a sinner. I messed up. I've got junk in our lives. And you're not sitting around a bunch of perfect people in this place because we all have that. But it also takes the next step. There'll be the prayer team will be up on the left and the right up here. It takes the next step of saying, Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my heart. Make me new. I believe that you are the Son of God. Maybe you're the person in here who has built up some walls. Maybe you've built up some walls and you just don't think that anything or anybody can tear them down. I got news for you. The Holy Ghost can tear down any wall that you've built up. But you have to be willing to give it to Him. You have to be willing to acknowledge and say, you know what? That's blocking my life. That's messing with me and I've got to let that go. No matter what caused it, I'm going to ask you this morning as they get ready to sing this song to allow the Holy Spirit to just move in your life, whether that's with salvation Listen, we want to help you. We want to help you take those next steps. But the first step has to be you. It has to be yours. We're here to be there for you, but God is just looking for you to take that step. And sometimes that step looks like stepping out and coming to an altar, stepping out, coming and talking to someone in prayer, 
Maybe that step just looks like, you know, you where you're sitting right now, just closing your eyes and saying, God, you know, I, I need you. I've tried this on my own. It hasn't worked. So this morning, as they get ready to sing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you to these altars. For whatever reason you need to come up here, it's not any of my business, it's the Holy Spirit's business. And he's here to change everything in your life.